discussing the ideas, the challenges, and the technology of the crypto economy. This is a crypto economy chat. Welcome back to the Crypto Economy Podcast with me, Guy Swan, your host, talking all about the new alternative economy being built, the global economy that has no jurisdictions, no borders, but is established by rules in the Bitcoin system to keep trade and exchange honest and open. That is what we are here for, and I have got a crypto chat episode, a... uh, interview with somebody that I was very happy to be able to uh, actually sit down and talk to at the Bitcoin 2019 conference, had just a wonderful discussion, and um, it is Alex Adelman from Lolly, and uh, I know you guys have probably heard Lolly, they've just been blowing up on the scene, Uh, I've loved being able to use them, it's such a neat service, Um, and we dig into all that stuff uh, in the episode, and we got to sit down for about 30 minutes um, at the conference, and just kind of talk about Bitcoin, money, Lolly, like their service, how it works, all that great stuff. And I actually got to, earlier this week, I got to uh, sit down with Matt Center, the CTO and uh, co-founder. So I got to talk with him. Uh, we didn't record a podcast or anything. I was just happy to meet him because he's actually in our area, um, uh, which is really neat. I'm hoping I can uh, uh, pull these guys out to the Raleigh Bitcoin meetup at some time, at some point. Um, I know he's like really busy, but uh, you never know, maybe. But we had a really fun chat, and it was so much fun meeting both of these guys, the co-founders of this company. And it's unbelievable. It's just, it's so obvious how much they care and how much they get the the power and the the purpose of Bitcoin. Um, talking with both of them was just like talking to anybody who's serious. Like these guys are just. You've got to be following them. Uh, you've got to be using Lolly. You can do, go to trylolly.com and uh, uh, check them out. Is the easiest way. If you're going to be buying something online, you've got to get that extension and make sure that you are doing that through their extension so that you can get you know, 1%, 2%, sometimes 5% or more back in your purchases in a Bitcoin wallet right there. So if you're doing any online shopping and you don't have the Lolly extension, you are... Uh, you are doing it wrong. You got to stack stats. All right, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into uh, this fun short interview with Alex from the amazing and young stacking stats company, Lolly. All right, so we got, I'm super jacked about this. Me too. Um, uh, so this is your Alex, right? Yes. I got that right? Okay. Alex from Lolly, which I know everybody here probably knows. All my listeners probably know what Lolly is. Lolly, I mean, you guys just straight up blew up on the scene like no time ago. And I feel like I see y'all's crap everywhere. And I love it. I follow you guys. And why don't you just tell me uh, about how y'all got started and how fast things are moving right now and what it's like to be part of the Bitcoin community. Yeah, so, so we've been in Bitcoin for about five, six years now, uh, just as a team. And uh, what Lolly is, is it's a very simple reward system that lets people earn Bitcoin when they shop online, uh, buying the stuff that they're going to buy anyway, whether that's like groceries, travel, and it's from the merchants that you shop at. So Walmart, Jet, Priceline, uh, Hotels.com we just launched. So 
Um, yeah, we make it really easy for everyone to easily earn and own Bitcoin. Um, and yeah, it's a great, great question. So um, kind of how we got into this space um, is uh, we started a company about eight years ago uh, out of North Carolina. And we... Oh, what? North Carolina? <laughs> that's right. Um, and so we ended up... Um, building this company with this, the, the ethos, the, uh, the mission of democratizing commerce, uh, giving everyone in the world the ability to easily own the same asset um, and, and trade, buy and sell very easily. Um, so I'm sorry, like backing up a little bit, that was sort of like the same, the same ethos as Bitcoin. Um, and about a couple years in, we see this thing called Bitcoin and we just all become obsessed with it because it was native to a currency. Uh, this idea of the democratization of commerce didn't have to be this centralized company that was connecting all of retail and everything. It was native to an individual currency. And so we all got really into Bitcoin and then had to get more involved in the space uh, down the road. So we can get into that later. Awesome, awesome. And you actually said that um, you, you're kind of love and fascination from this that you were actually economics like which that was kind of my background that got me into bitcoin too was uh my brother was an economics major and so like we would just we would bullshit about that constantly and go back and forth and i loved austrian economics when i found it so uh how did how did you go from economics major i mean i assume that was probably keynesian-ish like where what what led you to austrian economics and then bitcoin yeah, great question. Um, so I, I think it starts from my childhood. Um, my, both my parents are in psychology, and they uh, I really kind of came at it from more of a behavioral side uh, growing up and you know talking a lot about like what makes people make the decisions they do on a micro scale and on a macro scale, uh, and, and what does that become? So sort of naturally like got really fascinated with uh, economics, both micro and, and macro in college. And, and you're right, um, in college we were just sort of force-fed Keynesian economics, and it was, you know, it's interesting but outdated. Um, and, and I think it's, um, I always had this fascination with it, but then when the models would show that there's only a 60% accuracy for these models and not 100% accuracy, I was like, there's, there's got to be some sort of, like, who's questioning these things and the who's making it better? The incentive's wrong somewhere. The incentive's wrong. not right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I kept kind of like questioning everything. And meanwhile, uh, Dan Ariely uh, was down the street at Duke. And, and so I would go over to his lectures. And, I, and he, was all, he was like, you know, one of the first people after Kahneman to really be talking about behavioral economics and, and really questioning the individual and, and uh, what are the things around the individual that are affecting that. And how, how do you sort of figure out what's the rest of the 40% um, that, you know, solves this model of like why people are making the decisions they do. So I uh, was really interested in that, We're really interested in microfinance. Um, how do we give everyone in the, in the, in the world equal opportunity? And, and then how do we incentivize both sides uh, to like, increase that equal opportunity? So uh, study, studying that and um, uh, the Grameen Bank going on in you know, uh, Bangladesh and, and India uh, at the time. And then uh, I had this sort of idea, I was like, well, how, um, how do we give the bracelet maker in Bangladesh and make that like give them the same platform as the Nike store. Um, what does that world look like? And it does it look like a better world? And I think it does. Um, if everyone has equal access to buy and sell products and services, 
uh, I think that's a better world. So we started building Cosmic, which is this uh, e-commerce gateway, uh, this universal card as a service, essentially. Mm -hmm. And we would hook in the back of retailers, and we would let them sell their products directly in these uh, sites, um, thus democratizing commerce uh, through this technology. Uh, a few years in, I'm at a bar, I meet Ryan Shea, and he had just like become obsessed with Bitcoin. And, and yeah, I just uh, then I became obsessed with Bitcoin. I told my team and, and like went down the rabbit hole there. Nice, nice. Um. So uh, I missed, uh, now that actually you, you say that, I do remember that part. I think I caught the first part of y'all's panel. But uh, I missed most of it because I've been running around mostly just talking to everybody. So why don't you give me a rundown? You said it was about what money is, essentially. Like, uh, that was a lot of the discussion. Give me, give me kind of the short version of uh, what your panel is about. Right. So one of the questions, I believe, is like, wh where's the value in Bitcoin? Like, wh what's the answer? And we've and I, I've asked that question personally since I first learned about Bitcoin and, and really going back to my economics classes at, you know, in college, um, I was really questioning why. Like, why does this monetary policy um, make sense? Why does it make sense for the rest of the world? Why is the U.S. dollar uh, worth what it is? And, and who decides that? And, and, and I didn't really feel like I had good answers to these questions. It was like, it's based on GDP, it's based on military, it's based on trade, it's based on things, but then GDP's wrong and that's not really like a good indicator. And, and so I'm like, where, what? It's, it's all very murky. And, and there's no really good answer that I ever got. And, and then when I heard about Bitcoin, it's like, oh, this is code. This is, everybody can agree that this is like, everyone can see the code. Everyone knows what it's worth. Everyone knows that like, you know, it's this belief system. And, and so if you really like question what money is, I think that's when you start to, to say, well, I don't have the answers and what is a better answer? And I personally think at this point, Bitcoin is the best answer to what money is. And, and, and so our big task is like, Get people to ask the question of like what is in their wallet what is their what is like bitcoin to them what is money to them what's the u.s dollar to them because the whole world's asking that right now and and like we'll see what the the rest of the world decides on dude it's, it's really crazy to see that's that's one of the most fascinating things about bitcoin to me is that just that question is out there now like something that has just been like a default thing that's just not in the consciousness of people is suddenly suddenly people have to look at bitcoin they have to see the price go parabolic like in a week and they're like wait a second why 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 does this work this doesn't this this like it suddenly just brings brings into light something that has just been in the dark for so long and has just been completely ignored um and that's one of the most fascinating things about it to me is that uh you've got these so many of these network effects and and that one question is really what starts at all is just that you'd start tumbling down the rabbit hole with just why does something like that work? I actually, I read on the show, if you, if you do end up diving into some of the reads or whatever on the show, there's one I read uh, recently. I might've been last week too. Um, there's a paper by Milton Friedman from 1991 and it's called the Island of stone money. Uh, do you know about the Island of Yap and rye stones? And was stuff. that in Have the Bitcoin standard? I feel like yes, yes, okay. yes. Yeah, 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 I remember talks about that in Bitcoin uh -huh, standard. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and Milton Friedman has this paper on it where, uh, and he references a couple of sections out of a uh, uh, study from 1910 of, I can't, I can't remember the guy's name, but actually went to the island of Yap, and he was the one that really kind of headed off the whole understanding of the, the rye stones as money and stuff. And it's such a fun discussion because it just shows that 
the utility of money is in producing an honest ledger, essentially a, uh, an accounting system that can't be cheated. Uh, and that's what those giant stones are. And it was kind of the first, they were essentially the first virtual money. You couldn't do anything else with them. But for centuries, they were sound money for that culture and that island. Um, so yeah, all, all this stuff has been utterly fascinating to me. And I'm sure as an uh, economics nerd, a fellow economics nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so uh, back to Lolly here, um, because you guys... This is just one of the neatest things to me, and with with the extension, I've been playing around with it. And uh, how do you how do you withdraw? How's the wallet side and all that stuff with Lolly work? Because you know, obviously you're stacking sats, but um, is is that actually wallet in the extension? Are you sending? Yeah, we're giving everyone a wallet, and it's a custodial okay. wallet. So okay. it's okay. we make it really easy. Uh, yeah. I I have this belief that if if uh, people are going to come, if the masses are going to come into, into Bitcoin, they're not going to come in through a non-custodial wallet. Mm-hmm. It's, they have to be eased into it. Okay. So the, they're sort of like thinking about behavioral uh, psychology, behavioral economics. The, the people that come into Bitcoin, they're, most of them are going to come in because of the price. And they're going to see this thing that's going up and down. And, and they're just like, why is it going up and down? And, and, mm-hmm. and how can I make money? And, and that's fine. Like if, like we, we like to think about our users as like the savviest shoppers on the, on the internet. And when I was at Ebates, uh, that's what they looked at as well. They looked at savvy shoppers. Who is earning the most back in, in cashback? Who's finding the best coupons? And wh- where are they shopping? And how do you capture that attention? With us, it's like if people use us instead of an Ebates, instead of a Retail Me Not, instead of these other sites, their Bitcoin's going to go up over time, and they're going to they're choosing Bitcoin over cash. So that savvy shopper is now at like getting even savvier because they're getting a currency that is not deflationary, that is like going up in value, and more and more people are believing in and. If they're attracted to the price, if they're attracted to the uh, that, then they're 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 going to start to ask why. Why is the price going up? And they're going to start to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. That's when we. It's like our mission uh, as educators and as a, as a business to educate this community and teach them why Bitcoin is doing what it's doing and why it's so important. So we can teach them about sound money. We can teach them about the economics of, of why this is the way that it is. Teach them about the code. Like there's so many fun things to like teach this community because now we have a captive audience. Now they're paying attention and they want the answer to the why. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Bitcoin education, um, uh, the, I was talking about Citizen Bitcoin and Ancelinder. We've been kind of working on, like, like we talk about all the time, just the importance of education. What at Lolly specifically are y'all doing to aim towards answering those questions and like kind of being that source for this is this is how you dip your toes in Bitcoin and uh, this is where you need to go to learn more type thing. Like, what are y'all doing for Bitcoin education? So I, I personally, I, we're super active on Twitter um, and we're engaging this whole other audience. We're definitely, we definitely like are, we have an amazing community with Bitcoin Twitter. Uh, I think, you know, we've been adopted very quickly uh, by it. You know, we are Bitcoin Everybody only. You Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I feel the love and we love them back. It's yeah. like, and, and like, the thing is, it's like every tweet I'm like, I'm, um, I'm sending to these merchants. Like when someone says like when Amazon, like I, we log it. We know, we know that like how many people have said when Amazon yeah. and I send it to Amazon because they like people want Amazon on board. People want these new merchants or Airbnb. Like we send it, we send it all. So we, we oh, love, think about that. Airbnb, that's a great one. yeah. So we have two of the top three travel 
uh, partners in the entire world with Booking.com and Hotels.com. The third one is Airbnb. Um, but right now, uh, VRBO, uh, Verbo, is uh, is an awesome partner. They're basically Airbnb. Uh, they give two and a half percent back. So uh, yeah, you could. They have all a lot of the same listings as Airbnb. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. I didn't even know that. I don't think I knew. Mm-hmm. What's so y'all just added Hotels.com, mm-hmm. and what's future direction here? I mean, like y'all are, y'all are moving really really fast. Yeah. What are what are kind of big picture like? Where, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, what's happening on the big picture side of things? Okay, let's walk through that because, um, you know, I think it's it's an interesting question. Uh, the timeline and, and sort of the big picture, I think, is the most important part. Like, if we're going to have hyper-Bitcoinization, if we're going to uh, recreate this financial system to and, and make a better world, uh, it has it, it, baby steps. Uh, so right now, we look like a rewards network. We look like an Ebates uh, for Bitcoin. Uh, that's just the start. So once we get people to uh, actually earn Bitcoin, then we then people start to see the price go up, and they start to say, "Wait a second, I had fifty dollars. I earned fifty dollars in Bitcoin with Lolly. That's awesome. But that fifty dollars is now two hundred dollars. And so now I'm like, wait a second. If I had put a thousand dollars into Bitcoin, if I had invested more, and now I want to be a part of this ecosystem more, now I'm shifting over from fiat into Bitcoin. How do I do that? We have all these users. Forty percent of our users right now have never had Bitcoin before." And that's 40 percent. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's growing like crazy. Like it started at 10 percent. Now it's at 40 percent. And now it's nearing 50. And and so I think like that gets really interesting when you play this out at scale. Wow, that's amazing. That's that's a huge onboarding thing. Like I I, I figured it was just like like probably 80 to 90 percent just straight Bitcoiners who were like, I need I need my sats. Give them. So it's them. We have we have both sides of the market. We have the Bitcoiner. The hardcore Bitcoiners are sharing it because Lolly has created the first thing that they can share with their friends from back home that we can they can share with their mom, their dad, their sister, their brothers. You're not having to go get your passphrase and here's your BIP 48 wallet and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or take two weeks to sign up on Coinbase or whatever. Like it's instant. You download it. There's no KYC. Like you just download Lolly and you start stacking sats and it's this risk-free way to like ease into Bitcoin. Mm. So I think that that's the entry point. You get everyone to stack sats, you get everyone to earn rewards through Bitcoin. And then as you build up that wallet over time, you have more and more skin in the game. Then you start to, to take part of your like assets part of, and like you start to think, okay, maybe I want more Bitcoin. Maybe I want to play a bigger part. And I always say, like, you know, you vote with your wallet. Like, what is, what do you have in your wallet right now? How much is fiat? How much is, ca- how much is stocks? How much is everything? And if you're voting for Bitcoin to be this financial future, you want to own more of it. So if you are wanting to own more of it, you know, we want to give people the ability to buy more. And, and so I look at, like, very, um, very clearly, like, subscription to Bitcoin. How can you give someone who has never had Bitcoin before, never bought Bitcoin, a very easy way? And if you gave them the ability for $1 every day to stack sats and do dollar cost averaging and gave them the subscription to Bitcoin, what would that look like? What would $10 a day, $10 a week, whatever, um, and slowly get into Bitcoin? I think that's a better thing than say, take all your assets and go all in on Bitcoin. Ease in. Yeah. (laughs) And then over time, you're going to look back and like, you know, you can play all these dollar cost averaging games and and look back. If you had gotten into Bitcoin at $1 a day for the last uh, five years, what would that look like? And why is that exciting? So that's, that's what I think gets really cool. And that's what I'm like really excited about. The next phase, um, a is, subscription to Bitcoin. I like that. That's, yeah, that's a that's a 
That's a great term. I like this. Yeah, term. subscribe to Bitcoin. Like, like yeah. yeah, it's part of your make it part of your daily life. Like yeah. you're subscribed to Netflix. You you love their content. Like you're subscribed to a million other things. Like why not subscribe to Bitcoin? Yeah. So yeah, I'm really excited about that one. Uh, the next phase is like once people have Bitcoin in their wallet, where like, I mean, I think about a lot. Like what is how do you get people to start thinking about Bitcoin, not just as a store of value, but also as a medium of exchange? And where do you want to be in five years? So right now, like, you know, for five years ago, when I first got in the space, everyone was really excited about Bitcoin as a payments tool. And I never really got that excited about it because, uh, you know, we were in the payment space. We saw clearly all of the, like, the issues with relying on fiat rails and all the people you had to pay and all the fees and all the uh, chargebacks and everything. And I was like, yeah, sure, it's cool that Bitcoin is immutable, but it is so fucking early that you can't assume that people are going to pay with something that's going up and down and, and mostly up in value. Yeah. No one wants to pay with it right now. So what I want to do over the next 5, 10, 15 years, however long it takes, is I want to be at the center between the consumer and the merchants. Right now, we're winning the hearts and the minds of the merchants because we're sending them all this revenue. Mm -hmm. In five years, I wanna go to Walmart and I wanna say, we've sent you $100 million in revenue, except Bitcoin. That's where it gets pervasive. That's where you take this consumer that has, for five years, earned Bitcoin when they shopped at Walmart every single week for their groceries. And now they're, and, sitting, with and now they're sitting there and they're using Lolly as their wallet and they're using Bitcoin as their rewards. And now they've bought Bitcoin, they've earned Bitcoin, they have this wallet. And if, imagine this one day, you're on walmart.com and it pops up saying, earn an extra 2% when you, sh when you pay with Bitcoin. That's what gets people if, when there's an incentive. And then Walmart is incentivized because they're the one that's actually reducing the credit card fees from like, you know, two, two and a half percent and chargebacks. They save that 2%. So in the early days, I think they'll pass that off to the consumer because they're just happy to reduce their $5 billion in fee, credit card fees yeah. that they pay every single year to the banks, the credit card companies. And then why wouldn't they use Bitcoin as rails and slowly transition from fiat rails to Bitcoin to decentralized rails? And that's when we start to live in a better financial system. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I like that. Dude, that's big plans. That's oh, big yeah. Plans. I like it. Join <laughs> us, man. Yeah, let's do this thing. Right. Long game, baby. Long, long game. game. Long game. Yeah. Um, now, uh, speaking of that, there's two things that were brought up. Uh, first, so there's no KYC, AML type thing. How exactly, like regulation and the spaghetti bowl of trying to be compliant is always the sort of nightmare scenario um how do y'all i mean how do you think that factors in is that actually a concern like because technically people are you know like if bitcoin doubles or triples in value you know now there's like this oh yeah irs like how do we sort this out like that's that's a big challenge for people who do get into bitcoin um do y'all think that's going to be a problem do you think they're going to consider lolly a platform that does need kyc do you think that like, like so how technically, do you see that space or that that whole side of it going forward. Yeah, that's a great question, and you know we can't predict the future of what the governments are going going to you know require people to do. Yeah. Um, we have a nice little loophole, and it's something that a lot of people doesn't come. It, a lot of people don't think of it uh, because it's okay. So basically, 
so our last company, we were PCI level one compliant, and we had to check every box, the 300 boxes. Uh, it was yeah. a, it was an absolute nightmare. But one of the things we like, I, I kind of nerd out on compliance laws and all day, and I became kind of obsessed with it. It's really it's it, it's a That's very a special f- thing to nerd it's out. It's a on. it's a it's a niche for sure. Uh, I fuck I fucking love payments. I think they're fascinating, and I love hate, but um, it's. Compliance became this like sort of fascination of like, okay, it's like fun to check boxes. It's fun to like make sure that you sort of are like you hate the rules, but it's also it's like if you can get things passed by doing certain things or you can make things better or safer for the consumer. So we sort of like I would say cut our teeth in that in that space in the payments world. The payments world has way more compliance, there's way more regulation. So we're used to all of that mm-hmm. and sort of finding these little unique loopholes. So one of the loopholes that we found around like money transmitter licenses is we actually don't we don't have to be a money transmitter because people aren't buying bitcoin with us they're earning bitcoin so the merchants actually paying like basically a rebate which is a non-taxable income which a lot of people don't realize so when when um it's a it's a non-taxable event talk to your accountant i am not an accountant (laughs) but according to the the irs uh it's a non-taxable event when you're getting a rebate Take it, with, take that with a grain of salt, and what what you will, and do your own research as always. Um, so when you're getting this non-taxable event, we're holding this Bitcoin in a custodial wallet, and we're saying this is this wallet is like holding this Bitcoin, but it's not a money transmitter, and until the offboarding. So I like to think about it as like there's minimal KYC on the offboarding, with your name and email. That's it. And uh, you know, one thing that one of our friends, uh, Matt O'Dell, likes to do is he likes to do, uh, send it to Wasabi, do a little like coin join, a uh, little mix it up, and you know, he's it, it, like, a lot of our users are very privacy focused. Really, Matt O'Dell? He's he <laughs> <Yeah. from> Matt? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So he he lo- he loves to say like, yeah, just like use Lolly, and then and then send it to Wasabi, do a little coin join, mix it up, and then send it to whatever wallet you want. Nice. Nice. Okay, I like that. Um, and then uh, on payments, so uh, with withdrawals and stuff, um, I know there's going to be like I imagine. Do y'all do any like batching on the back end? Like, what's how does the how does the whole limitation of uh, you know block space and the Lightning Network like how does how does that all factor in with future plans when you have 20 million users? You know, like hopefully sooner sooner yeah. rather than later, right? Um, like, how does how does that all that factor in? Uh, great question. So uh, I, I love what Elizabeth and Bosworth and uh, that whole team is doing. We're super close with them. Um, I think that, you know, I, I, I lean on that on lightning over uh, some of the altcoins uh, to solve a lot of the scalability issues. And yeah, we, I mean, we pl- we're playing around with it in the background. We love what lightning is doing. Uh, I'm super long on lightning. Uh, right now, I think that uh, because we're doing batching, we're not really, we haven't hit any scalability issues. Like, well, you know, we're buying, you know, the Bitcoin in bulk and, and, and holding it. And, and so on the offboarding, if you're like sending it to a wallet or something like, you know, we encourage you to like, sure, have your own wallet and all that stuff. But a lot of our users, you know, when they get up to like $50, $100, sure, like it's up to you if you want to trust us. But we, I think we're a trustworthy bunch. Yeah. And, you know, it's like if you can't trust us with $100, you know, we're, we're, we're working really hard over here and we have a great yeah. team. We have great security protocols and all of that stuff. So when you do transfer it off, that's where uh, you, you, you have to eat, eat those fees. And so I think uh, Lightning Network, that's going to be the first integration that we do with the Lightning Network, where when you can transfer it from, from our Lightning wallets to your Lightning wallets, that's when it gets really seamless. And then in the future, you know, when we play back that experience in, you know, in five, ten years, 
I personally, like, I don't think people are going to realize that they're using Lightning. They're going to be yeah. using Bitcoin, and Bitcoin will be Lightning. And and so if if I go to Walmart and, and they're like, well, what about the transaction fees? I'm like, well, let's use Lightning. No one even knows we're using Lightning. And if a user can actually pay with their Lolly wallet, their Lolly Lightning wallet, yeah. and they can pay Walmart on the Lightning rails, I think that's a better experience. You can reduce transaction costs. You can use second layer solutions. And that's when you start to solve a lot of the scalability issues. Yeah. So that's good. So y'all are y'all are already deep into the, uh, the Lightning is on the way, and we're going to be right there. Exactly. Plans. That's yeah. awesome. That's really exciting. Very few people have been transferring their Bitcoin out, though. So a lot of people just like hold hold their Bitcoin with us. Uh, you know, matter. I, I haven't, I haven't withdrawn or anything. Yeah. A lot of people trust us, and they should. Uh, you know, we're we're uh, like, I mean, that's that's our specialty. Like, our team survived the Target breach. Uh, we landed Target with our last company. That's kind of our claim to fame in the security space. Yeah. Is like we we actually uh, we landed Target, and about two days in, uh, we're sitting around like Target headquarters doing an on-prem integration, and the biggest credit card breach of all time happened. And uh. at the time, and and we're and I turned to Matt, you know, my, my co-founder um, of Cosmic and now Lolly, and I was like, did we do that? And he was like, no. I don't think so. So, because we had gotten access to everything. So, uh, it turns out we didn't do it, and uh, we ended up surviving the target oh breach. Yeah, totally. And then we got to, we went through like two hundred fifty thousand dollars of penetration testing, checked every box for PCI level one compliance way before we had to. And then we got to go to every merchant in the world and say, hey, we're not just the best way to integrate, but also the safest. So we really we like got a lot of credibility in the security space by you know surviving that as like a four person team at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's that's fucking great. Um, uh, and, and I just absolutely love it that y'all are in Raleigh, North Carolina. That just Small that kills world. me. It, <laughs> yeah, we absolutely need to get together and do this again. Um, I, I want to talk to Matt, the CEO. He's amazing. Um, yeah. And because uh, what you guys have been following you for ever since ever since you blew up in my Twitter feed, I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. I can earn while shopping and come for the dank meme, stay for the stack and sats. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Is there anything, any uh, final thoughts you want to throw to the audience? No, this has been awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, stack sats, uh, use lolly. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Awesome. Dude, this conference has been great. You've been great. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, man. All right, crew. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I uh, had a lot of fun with Alex. That guy is just running a million miles a minute, uh, and he's so energetic about everything. It uh, was a great time getting to hang out with him at the conference, and hopefully hopefully, I'll see him at the next one. And just a correction, uh, right there at the end, accidentally called Matt the CEO. Um, Alex was the CEO, and uh, uh, Matt is their CTO. I just misspoke there and wanted to correct it just in case. Um, and also, uh, just wanted to give a shout out to Matt Center, uh, who I got to meet just the other day as well. Um, I know I'm going to be following this, uh, uh, these guys very closely going forward. I'm excited about their plans for the future, and I hope they are wildly successful in this. Um, you gotta be, uh, you gotta be following them. They're at, at TryLolly on Twitter. I will link to the, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes as well as on the Twitter page. I will just tag them so that you can follow those guys. Uh, and obviously, uh, I will have a link to the extension so you can download that and start stacking sats immediately. That is what you need to do right now is you need to go download the extension if you don't have it and start stacking sats with Lolly. All right. Um, thanks for listening, guys. 
Uh, I am uh, out of town at the moment. I am trying to have this scheduled to be posted while I am gone. So we will not have an episode tomorrow for you, unfortunately. Um, But we will start back the next week with some really fun reads. And uh, hopefully I got some other interviews lined up. Really fun stuff. So thank you guys so much. And I will catch you then. Do not forget to subscribe and share this show out with everybody you know in the Bitcoin space and everyone you know who is just on the edge, who is curious, who is asking that question, why does Bitcoin work? And, and suddenly is thinking about what money is because that's what we want to cover here. That's what we want to talk about. And that's the, that's the question we want to find the answer to because we're building a new economy on this technology. And... Uh, it's going to be a crazy, crazy place, and there's so much to learn, so much to explore. So check it all out here at the Crypto Economy Podcast with Guy Swan. That's me. Until next time, take it easy, guys. Dude, good jamming. <laughs> <laughs>